Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. to everybody that's going to swipe in, swipe over, swipe around, uh, scroll past, all of that. Let me grab another device here so I can, hopefully this is the one. It, it is charged up. Well, this one, the one I'm on, has got limited battery, so it won't be that long. The dog is like, oh, wait, here she goes. Um, How to get out of bed. I'm like, I'm torn, y'all. It's one of those morning Mondays. It's a Monday I'm recording this on. And uh, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. It's something about coming through the weekend where, and, and I went down the sports wormhole, so uh, I don't have the best motivation this morning. I'm looking around trying to see if what I can grab in my reach to help us facilitate. I don't have the journal, so I, I see a pen and a notepad. I'll grab that. I see my uh, business journal. Um, but let me tell you, though, this is, it'll become a podcast, but we do record it in a live environment. And of course, it's brought to you by AskDryerBuzz.com. That's where we monetize everything that we do. And uh, we've got a couple things out there for you that you need to check out as we are uh, rebuilding the store. But there's a couple things on the shelf right now that's really important to you. And that is our Wake Up Famous series. I'm putting together a Wake Up Famous series. going to officially launch it November the 9th. Um, you can go ahead. There's a pre-sale going on. And then there's also um, the whole consulting if you want to have a coffee chat side by side. Or um, just just got some questions. Just got some questions. That's the place to ask. Not in my comments. Not try to like listen to everything. Listen, go over there and get yourself some time with me so that we can figure out where it is you need to be, especially if you're out here trying to use social media for business because a lot of people are going down the wrong wormhole or they come online. Here's what they do. They come online, they start, you know, they got a they got a great idea for a brand. They got, you know, all the, the logos and all of that. And then they come online and they don't realize how the internet really works. And anything that you put online, you subject yourself to those who uh, that's that first level, first level of customers, which we explain in the book, in one of the books, one of the nine books, um, one that's actually in print and you can get yourself a signed copy. If you go and check it out, 27 essence to create buzz did that book a long time ago. Uh, it's still some of the number one curriculum as far as when entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, business owners, family businesses are trying to use social media for a business, meaning that you literally want to turn followers into customers because you can come out here, you can get an audience, you can get a following. And what happens with those businesses, they then come to me all frustrated. Like, you know, I tried to do it just with this little bit of information and they didn't have it. Next thing you know, they got, they've amassed an audience and a following, but they're not able to convert 
those people, the customers, they're not spending money. It's like, it's like, you're not already, it's Monday morning. You're not already sold out. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So well, I do I know exactly what to tell you, but go over, you got to go over to ask on your screen. For those of you in the live environment, you see, I'm telling you to go check out dryer buzz, because if you are looking for any more of these pod, the additional podcasts, the archives from book one, as we are now in the midst of book two, 94 episodes telling you how to get out of bed. And now we're telling you how to keep getting out of bed because did y'all know, I'm telling you, it's something you got to do every day. Like literally this, this, there is a process of doing this thing every day. Now I know sometimes, well, I know we definitely have to get out. We got to go to work, got to make money, got to pay bills. Uh, But then there's this thing where we try to get some kind of satisfaction out of our days, let me turn my television off so it won't distract me. We've got to get some kind of satisfaction out of our days. Some got to have some gratitude, some grateful moments. Got to be happy. Like, and and there's nothing. If you look around, there's like no elements that really are about us being happy. It's like it, this is probably going to be yet again another one of the worst weeks I'm probably ever going to experience simply because of all this. this there's so much looming, and I'm like, damn, is it always this stuff always? always, always looming. And I take it literally and and to heart a lot of things because I can't ignore everything because I'm also, you know, an influencer, a a publisher, a blogger. You know, I I have to push out content. Like, you know, I, I live in the city of Atlanta and I have to talk about sports and I got to go in the kitchen. And I got to cook. I got to, I mean, I got to do all this stuff. And, and then there are these dates you put on the calendar and you're like, you know, they, they're nice to look forward to, but I have event phobia. I don't want to do a damn thing. I promise y'all I don't want to do anything else. I really don't want to. And unfortunately, this life thing, this living thing, it is forever constant. It goes on. Like you take in one breath. You got to blow that sucker out to take in another. It's like, is anything, does anything ever just be still? You know how hard it is to just freaking be still. And let me tell y'all, I have been a, I've been a mom for 30 something years. I've been, you know, it, it, I've been working. I've been, amb- let me tell you, the worst thing you can be is ambitious. The worst thing. And I, I see, I deal with some mediocre people on a day to day basis. Right. And I have to listen to these people and man, they're out there. They're so cutthroat. They're out there. They're trying to figure out a way not to do nothing. And many of them figure this out. They figure it out. They figure out how not to do anything, how not to be responsible. And I'm like, and they undermine, they figure out how to undermine everything. And they get over, 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 over again and again, again and again. Some people call it winning, but I'm like, they get, they just get over. And I'm like, damn, how do you fly so low? I'm that, I'm like, I need some more altitude. I got to get high. I'm like, not mean like, not like get high like that. Like, like even those people. I'm like, who are these people that can just think they stay high constantly? Never drug test. You know, they are functional. I'm like, here I am. And I'm like, I've lived half a century. And I'm like, I ain't trying to get high. I ain't trying to put that stuff in my system. Why not? <laughs> I'm like, this living right stuff is hard. It's hard. It's draining to the point you can't get out of bed. People who can't get out of bed. It's like, what is wrong? What the heck is wrong with us? I'm telling you, I, I wish I could tell you not. Um, 
Let me tell you the worst, the worst feeling I always have is when I get in a creative moment and I can't be because I got all this other stuff. You know, I just want to stop and I want to write or I want to podcast. I want to, I want to create. I want to, I want to just, you know, and it's like, and it's like my damn, I have to go my whole life waiting for these moments. Is anybody else like that? Cause if I'm the only one, please tell me I'm the only one. Cause I'm trying to figure out like how to stop. I don't, I don't even, it's Monday. I don't care. It's a brand new week. I don't want nothing from this week. I promise you. I want absolutely nothing from this week. I'm like, I'm over here trying to figure out like, you don't have to excel in that. You really don't. It's really so not necessary. Like, like there are people who are waking up today and they don't got over all weekend and on everybody and I mean, like, to, it's, it's insane. I promise you. I, I had to, you know me, I talk up. Let's talk about some of the things that from the overheard this weekend. And it was, it was a, a great weekend in Atlanta. The rains did come. The team did lose and all that other stuff that happens. But let me tell you, uh, let's talk about some stuff from the overheard. Because I, I think that's one way. That's one way to get out of bed and to figure out your your mess ain't as ain't as bad as everybody else. Let me open up. Uh, um, if you want to chat with me, comment on these things. I want to open up uh, Facebook over here and let me get a let me get a good share going on that. Get that out there a couple of places and then I tell you what I hadn't looked in on Periscope in a while. I don't think too much is going on on Periscope. We run it on Periscope. We run this on. Let me turn that down. We do run it on Periscope. So you guys that are on Periscope, uh, I don't get a chance to watch the comments. But I'm going to jump over here with you guys on, on Periscope. I hadn't been on Periscope in a while, so I could say hello to the folks. But let me just tell you, okay, being ambitious, being ambitious. Hey, Mac, Mac Kapow. No, Mac Kapow. I don't even know how to say that screen name, honey. Okay, P-O-W, is that what that is? Mac, P-O, I don't know. But anyway, so let me tell you, waking up, being an ambitious person is the worst thing you can be. Being a creative person is the second worst thing you can be. Having any kind of demands on life, don't even bother. And I'm not listening. I know. It's doom and gloom. There's no sunshine. No sunshine. There's no sunshine. We just came through a a wet weekend. Uh, Luckily, it didn't get wet till later on Sunday, but it was also Pride Weekend in Atlanta. Um the mainstream national pride. I don't know if it was national, main, it was the mainstream one. So, and then that, then there was a music festival, a couple things going on. So of course I was out and about doing my thing and, uh, privy to the overheard. And I think what really dampens my spirit is because I am so privy to the overheard. And I, I I see all these people who just want to be validated by people that they spend time with, people who they have brought into their lives or they've gone into their lives or just depended upon each other for validation, you know? And I'm like, and it's, it's so weird that we do that to ourselves. Like, say, for instance, our, um, our sports team, y'all, bless their poor hearts, bless their poor hearts. Let me see here. I'm looking. I'm trying. I see you. I'm reading some uh, comments here. That's that's one thing that's got me down. I was I was trying to be out yesterday and listen to the game, and and of course uh, I'm in Atlanta, and that would mean trying to support the Atlanta Falcons, and they lost. They're now one and five, um, and 
they were thinking that it would be a different formula if they stayed away. They had a two-game road, a two-game, is that how you say it? A two-game road series. Um, they went to the Houston Texas Texans and lost. Then they went to the uh, Arizona Cardinals and lost. Now, they've got X amount of days uh, until they have to try to win a, a, a home field advantage. But you understand that there's no home field advantage when you haven't superseded or, or succeeded um, to any level. It's like you, you know, and that's how, that's why some of us can't get out of bed. And, and I, I'm not trying to talk Matt Brian, Matt Ryan, Julio, um, Grady Jarrett, uh, Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley is getting raked over the coals. Not trying to talk Dan Quinn. Uh, Arthur Blaine, and I'm I'm able to name these people only because of failure. I am only let me tell y'all, I am only able to if they, they if this team was to start winning, I wouldn't know what to blog. I am only able to blog simply because my expertise is getting people to recognize where they fail. That's the only reason my timeline is lit right now because when you make errors. You're going to attract two things, haters, and I'm not a hater because I didn't. I don't highly anticipate the error, okay? That's what a hater is. I got to cough, y'all. Bear with me. Thank God for the cough button. But anyway, um, and then I, have, then I tell y'all before and after. That's so crazy, right? But then it'll, it'll go to dead air if I do hit the button. But anyway, so let me just say this. I am only able to converse with the number of sports pundits that I am able to entertain on my timeline. Like, I'm getting so much sports clout right now. Now, mind you, I'm a brand expert, right? So I I bust that door wide open years ago. Like, I went to a tailgate. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a brand this. I got invited to tailgate simply because I like to eat. Like, oh, you like you like food? You need to come to the tailgate. So I went to, this is how this thing happened. It, it just has, this is how it happens. I go to the tailgate because I want the good food. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Y'all got all this food before y'all go in the stadium? Don't y'all know that? Y'all going to upset the uh, NFL doing that? Well, anyway, so tailgating. I'm like, what is this tailgating thing? I don't, I've been in Atlanta all my life. I don't support no damn Atlanta Falcons. What do you mean? Why y'all do that? Like, really? Now, mind you, periodically I would get on the bandwagon here and there. You know, they'll draft a good couple of people that I would like that that would have great community time. Well, let me tell you, it's, first of all, here's how I ended up even knowing we had a football team. Well, of course you can't help but to know we had a football team because they go around they go around the city uh, practicing eminent domain and build stadiums. So, you know, that's another era. Uh, so, you know, you got sports teams. But then uh, when I started blogging, I started blogging about foundations and activists and so forth. So I was meeting these guys that had these great foundations and they were doing all this amazing work such as war done so one of my one of the first ways i woke up famous was doing the story on war done and not only that you know people would mention the work of war done and this that and the other so we did a full-on damn expose on war done so lo and behold that was one of the stories that you know helped us get the altitude that we had uh at dryer buzz 
And I mean, it literally like my the guy that was hosting my website, like, you know, what is it you doing on this? Like, what do you do? I was like, I just write a couple of stories, put them online because I'm doing internet radio. Da, 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 I'm in Atlanta. And he's like, well, this, you, you know, you might need to look into this because it's getting it's getting some traction. And it, lo and behold, it was a, um, that particular year. This was one of the first years I think Ward was in Atlanta. He was doing what he's always done. I think he was out of New Orleans or whatever. He was, you know, in Atlanta on the South Bank for the Falcons. And he was amping up his um, foundation here because in Atlanta we have Habitat for Humanity, which is uh, an initiative of President Carter. Now, see, this is bringing all this stuff full circle. Sometimes I have to ro- go back and remember this because sometimes I'll be like, why do all these people know me? I don't want to. I'm like, I just want to chill. It's like, well, no, you aspire greatness, whatever. Anyway, so I get in, I, I don't even know if I got invited or if I crashed, but um, I actually sent a photographer. I was like, here's the story. I had a friend who wanted to break into something media-wise or photography-wise or whatever. And I said, well, you know what? I can't cover this story because, you know, I got to go to work, right? Because, you know, folk don't pay for this kind of stuff, right? So I'm like, I got to go to work. But I said, but listen, I got this invite to go, um, because I, I, well, I already had my connection with the work that I had already done with the Carter Center, and of course, President Carter and the Atlanta Project, and then the Habitat for Humanity, da 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 da. Knowing that I was always a storyteller for activism in that manner, got invited. They they want to collaborate with Work Done. I didn't know who the hell Work Done was. I'm like, okay, cool. He was so quiet and meek, and I'm like, you play football? Like you barely speak. Like, dude, where's the testosterone? I love testosterone. Okay, but anyway, so got a chance to meet him um, at the fundraiser. He he would before they would do this awesome and amazing thing that they do, which is uh, assist um, families. And it was at the time at that particular year, and I think he's expanded. But single moms, he will. If a single mom is in the process of buying a home, she can go through um, his foundation programming and so forth and so forth, and they will lend some type of assistance. But let me tell you, this was going to be a mega year. They were going to do this with, uh, in collaboration with Habitat for Humanity. Now, you know, President Jimmy Carter, who's still, even out there with a black eye and damn near hip out of place, is still going out there trying to build these houses because he's just a wonderful man. He's a saint. Okay, we ain't got that many. I'm just saying he's a, he wants to be saying the man knows heaven gates is unlocked. He uh he he he's just gonna be that saint. And I and I and I have had a chance to to I I don't even want to like tell you what kind of um and I I want to say it, but I don't want y'all to like think I'm like trying to say it and I'm not trying to say it. But a lot of the work that I've done has had his personal endorsement as far as in the community. I've hosted he, he and his wife for lunch. So it that's the kind of work I used to do. I'm trying to get used to saying I used to do that kind of stuff. I don't care about this stuff no more. Okay, I'm mad and I'm old and I'm bitter, right? Because people don't value how how wonderfully we can work together. That's a, that's a time going by. And so back in the day, if you were working that hard in your community, you know, which is clearly being gentrified right now. It's now the home of Tyler Perry Studios. Um, but the work that we did 20, 30 years ago, just trying to hold on to that community uh, from all kind of ills that was happening in black communities. And uh, President Carter started an initiative, brought in, he's like, hey, listen, I need, I want to, I, he was like, I got these resources, but I want to give the resources to people that are actually doing the work, people that are actually stakeholders in their community. So 
They set up these 20 community centers, funded them, brought in business collaboration, all these kind of things. You, if you ever needed a resource to do something that was going to have a positive impact on your community, that was it. But they were only going to do it for five years. And they were like, hey, listen, we've got five years to do this. And you, after that five years, you must be ready to sustain yourself. And a lot of communities, uh, after that five years, weren't. A lot of people went into politics and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, President Carter went on back doing his Habitat for Humanity. Work done, ends up coming to the Atlanta Falcons. He, he was like, well, I'm, a, I'm an Atlanta Falcon now. I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing um, in honor of my mom. I'm going to have some more moms and da-da-da. So... There was an epic day that a number of people were going to, not one, but and I think normally it was like a few here and there. But on this particular day in Atlanta to launch this, he had an amazing uh, red carpet gala fundraiser um, night, you know, with the, with the bougie folk, like help me give this money, help these families and all that kind of stuff. And then he went, he went and these women and their children, uh, they didn't know any of this. They had no knowledge that this was a, that they were about to be blessed like this. But what they did know, because if you know with the Habitat for Humanity, if you get accepted to the program, you literally help build your own your home, right? And then you go through all this education process of being a homeowner and so forth. So what the Work Done Foundation did in that year, and I want to say this is probably like the early 2000s or so, had to be very early on because I remember we were still using film and cameras and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they went out, they had a day, I think they did, it was, it, this was like one of the first Habitat neighborhoods where they did like a whole street of homes as opposed to one here and one there. And all of these families were going to be moving in. But what the families did not know is that work done and his foundation had taken care of their down payment, not only had taken care of their down payment, but had stocked their homes from floor to ceiling, has stocked their homes from floor to ceiling. So they weren't going to be moving in, worried about this and that, and worried about, worried about now we got to go get furniture and furnishings and, and food and, and, you know, down to the broom. He, he put in, they had the broom, the lawnmower, all, and when I say everything, I mean the furniture, clothes, just every groceries, cabinets stocked with groceries. So when the women, the families, showed up to do the dedication of their home. They're figuring, you know, okay, you know, and one, and we did all this work. We built the home. Now I got to go get this down payment. You know, this home, this is my house, but you know, my family is coming out of a shelter. It's coming out of this situation, that situation. The families didn't have anything and y'all know what it is to move in the house. And you know, you're going to do this room. You're going to do that room and so forth. No, honey, they went in and the homes were done from, like I said, from floor to ceiling, and they had no knowledge of it. And uh, I didn't even get a chance to go and, and do it. I had to send a friend as a photographer. I'm like, just go, you know, and do this, and you know how you do. Everybody's like, well, let me do let me do something for dryer bus. Okay, look, go and do this. Go cover this event with work done. Take your camera, because this person was a really great photographer, um, and, and get some great pictures. So it's such an amazing day. I remember seeing the photos and, and the elation of the of the families and the children. We're talking about children who who had just been already in their young ages, had seen and experienced all kinds of heartbreak. But yet, you know something about children. They love their mothers. They love their fathers. They love their parents. And I'm, I'm trying not to use that language, that, that broken language that we always use. Children love their parents. I don't care what I once saw in the heat of the crack era in Atlanta. I saw a woman who was clearly, I don't know where she came from, but she had her toddler, both of her 
she and her toddler were absolutely filthy. And this woman, I guess she got a little piece of change and she was in the store and, um, broke my heart when I saw them and I'm getting ready to act. But then this brother came out of nowhere and, uh, and, and you could just see this toddler. And I mean like a non speaking toddler was so protective over this mother and, uh, and I, you really couldn't tell who was the parent there. But I, I, what I did see was, man, that child, I, I was so taken by the fact of how much that child loved that mom, even though everybody in that store was like judgmental, like, what the, what is this? How did she even have a child, you know, and what situation are they in? And this brother, he saw them and he was like, he went over to her and, and man, he was, I need to do something. What can I do? I got to We got to fix this. This can't be, you know, and the baby so used to, I guess, defending the mother at, at and I'm talking about a toddler y'all. In fact, the toddler was in a onesie. I remember it was a pink onesie. It was so dirty and so filthy. And the mother was so dirty and so filthy. And it just, I'm standing there like just heartbroken. Like, what can we do? What can we do? And this brother came out of nowhere. He was like, let me fix this. And, you know, and he was well to do, you know, it was, and I'll tell you, it was, a, it was the, the gas station over there. I think I had to stop there. Cause I'm like, I ain't got no gas to make a home. Let me go to the gas station. And I think it was just to witness this. And, uh, it was a brother. He had, I remember he had on a, um, suit, he had on a shirt and tie and he had, I guess he had, he'd gone to lunch where his tie was flipped. You know how y'all flip your tie over your shoulder. And, uh, and he was driving a BMW and he put them in his car. He was like, let me fix this. And so I guess he figured like, look, I'm, and I, I feel like I remember hearing him saying, sis, I got too much for you to be out here like this. I don't know if he even might have known her or recognized her and probably did because you can't go through the hood and not see something. I guarantee you he probably was like, and it's probably one of them damn Tyler Perry movies. It probably is. It sure is one. But he, I, get, I think he saw her and maybe recognized her. And uh, he put her and this baby in his car and they went on off. And I was like, wow, that I wasn't running out of gas. I was supposed to witness that because sometimes you need to see something. And I hate that we have to, I hate that life has to stop us in our tracks and show us that what you're going through ain't as bad. I might've been hella mad cursing and all that kind of stuff. Cause I can't make it home unless I stop and get some gas. And Lord knows I ain't trying to. Stop and get gas right here, but I got to get off here. Okay, go to this gas station that's hella high across from all kind of stuff. I'm going to see this kind of stuff. I don't already been to prepare myself. And then here I come in here and I'm like mad because, you know, one, they're going to give you all kind of hell about trying to swipe a car because they, they don't trust you, you know. And lo and behold, this very humbling moment. Like, girl, you better humble yourself because you get ready to go home to a beautiful family. Y'all are surviving. Y'all are thriving. And, but you could be, this could be, and you don't even want to have to say that, but you could, let me tell you. So anyway, I sent this photographer, I got the pictures back and this is how I, this is why I know I'm going down all of this because not for y'all, but for me, because I'm trying to understand like, how the hell am I even blogging about sports? Because we're done because I met these amazing men who had these uh, awesome foundations. And I remember, I remember standing and talking to three of them. Uh, um, I think one was named Randy. Let me, let me think. Uh, 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 I can't think. I can't even think of the name. I know it's Warwick. I know the one that was married to Sheree, Sheree Whitfield, Whitfield, Bob Whitfield. One was Warwick. One was Bob Whitfield. And I want to say Randy Moss. 
And I didn't know they play. Y'all, I didn't know. I knew War. I'm there at Warwick's event, and I know he has an amazing foundation. He plays for the Falcons. He's there in Atlanta. He wants to do this thing for Atlanta. So I knew them. Um, but I knew him. But then they, they, I remember them saying, do you know, they, I remember one of them, um, came up to me cause he had seen, I guess they knew, well, one, I was at this event because of, I was invited to the gala event because of the story, because you couldn't go out there at that time and search work done or anything work done unless you ended up on dryer buzz. So that was kind of one of the things that had my name going around in the had dryer buzz going around in the sports circle. And one of them came up to me because he also had a foundation and wanted to talk to me about doing his foundation. And I guess the way I was looking at him, he's like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? And I'm like, I'm sorry. No. And he's like, you know, we all play for the Falcons. Right. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause you know, hell Falcons. But even I think, I think when they were on there, it might've been a good team. I, I think I did end up getting into football and I think they, I don't know if they were the team because we did have another team go to the Super Bowl or go to the playoffs. So I don't know if they went to the Super Bowl. Or went with the, I think they went to the playoffs and we were hella excited about that. I just remember getting into football after meeting all of them, that, that particular team, um, simply because that particular team, all of them had these amazing foundations and that's what sports guys used to be about. You know, there were their own court life. And I mean, many of them, even the basketball players, a lot of them I knew because of what they did off the field, off the gridiron, off the court and, and so forth. Um, in their work and what they did for community, because one of the reasons, because of my connection and initiatives that I always had going on in the community, I was always that person when somebody came to town, a, a music person, a celebrity, or this, that, and the other, and they wanted to do things, you know, um, and lo and behold, of course, they will always end up at the radio station, and the radio, and the radio station will then have them call me, well, you know, she has this um, going on with the young, with the youth and, and the seniors, and, you know, and so forth and so on, uh, especially through um, the Atlanta Project, when I was doing stuff with the Atlanta Project. So that's kind of how I, I went, I got into the sports thing and then you know you cycle back through and and lo and behold got into the hotel getting did was doing radio at the time did a did a little bit of that side of it as well and I say all that to say I don't know what the hell I was talking about but I think I was talking about how how I got into sports and so now I'm back into it I I wanted to get on the bandwagon I got I got again um know some folk, trying to support some folk. But also, I think now, simply because there's so many controversies going on um, with this stadium and in this city and with, with Atlanta changing that, I'm, I'm torn because I want to see Atlanta evolve. I want to see it have its economic, I want to see the economic development. I want to see the change. More importantly, I want safety. And even being out this weekend, I, I got a chance to see, and I want to talk about this, but did I, let me make sure I wrap up the sports thing. Well, again, the Falcons lost. And I was saying the only reason I am that my, that dryer buzz is, is known in this thing right now is simply because one of the things that we do is help people come beyond their errors. You know, like there's a way to say, 
what the Falcons are experiencing right now. And and it should be it should be expected. One thing is, you know, people are are high. And I keep asking, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like when did the Falcon fans in Atlanta get their hopes so high? Simply because they went to a Super Bowl. Okay, but what team other than the Patriots and who else? I think the Cowboys and what I don't even think they've been in a while. Who who is it? There's two teams that continuously going back to back back to back. To back to back. I love when that guy said that to that dog. Uh, to the Super Bowl. And so this expectation that we ended up, I think everybody thought we ended up with this amazing coach because he got the Falcons to the Super Bowl in two years. So he's been he's been riding that wave or he's been held he's been held to that standard, I guess we should say, even though um there have been some tremendous changes uh in personnel. And he has taken on another role, uh, a dual role as head coach and the defensive coordinator, I believe it's called, you know, which is just not working out, working out well. Um, and now, and people have said that this season, this is going to be a def- his defining season. And the owner of the team was like, you know, I'm good. I don't know why he's good, but he's good. I, I think, and you almost wonder, and this is some of the conversation along with, Atlanta sports teams being cursed because of how they have done uh, a number of communities in the city. Um, along with that, you, you there always creeps in this conversation. And again, I only know this because of the, the my thing is to help you get beyond failure. The conversation, and I have to monitor the conversation that's out there. So from the overheard, it is saying that, you know, are, are, is somebody out there trying to sabotage this so that they can get uh, a draft pick. And you hate to hear that. You hate to hear that. And let me tell you, players hate to hear that because there are certain players who realize they only have X amount of years. I don't have X amount of years to be on this team waiting for you to try to play this long game, long strategic chess game so that you can get something in in a championship at X amount of point because I'm going to be out of my prime. And that was one of the things we saw with the basketball team. You know, some of the basketball players like, look, if y'all want to lose, go just get us up for five years, then trade us. Because some of us don't have five years to wait. I mean, they already got like Vince Carter on there, like trying to out there, all winded, trying to mentor these folk, you know. And it's like, you can't help but notice, like, there's an old guy out there. Not Vince, I didn't mean to say it like that, but I'm like, we up there, okay. But I'm like, you just look like, you know, it's like it's babies out there. There's some babies out there. Now, I understand even in Vince, I'm going to fix it. Uh, even LeBron is tired as hell. And he's trying to hang out because he, he wants one day for he and his son to have on the same uniform to be on this. Like, like being his son's, like owning the team and being the coach, like that ain't going to be enough. He wants to be him and his son up in that locker room lacing up, coming out there. He wanted to be called James and James. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's like. I understand, but what did I tell you when I started this? Having ambition, having these daggone dreams, they will kill you. I'm like, LeBron, you might want to go sit down. But, you know, I understand. I, I clearly understand how many of us have carved paths and you want you want to be able to hand it off to the next generation. Well, guess what? For the most part, that don't happen a lot. I was listening to a guy this weekend give a radio interview. Oh, hold on. I was listening to a guy this weekend. He's a black farmer, a black farmer 
Six generations in. I know we watching that show called Clean Sugar. That's depressing the hell out of all of us. Like, I'm like, I don't even want to own no land. The, all the crap they going through. That's what I'm getting. It's like, it hurts to be ambitious. Y'all stop making stop. I'm telling you, it hurts. So I was listening to this interview this weekend. There was a guy. He, uh, I'm trying to think where he is right now. He's doing something in one of these cities. Um, but he, he's got the family's farm and they doing well. They're not doing bad at all. They're doing well. In fact, he's, he's on tour doing something, another, whatever, you know, trying to keep the brand alive, you know, cause this generation, you know, we got to brand everything. Um, uh, but he's, he's, he's doing something in, in some, uh, marginalized city about letting people know about farming. Like it, it's just time to go back to the land. You know, most people still got their land. It's still out there, you know? catch up on the taxes on it, but I'm just saying it's still out there. So he's six generations in and there are, um, there are conferences and, and, and economic things out there that you can only participate in if you are five generations plus, like there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that even Oprah can't go to. You can be a billionaire, but you got to be like, who was it? That's new money. You know, that's new money to them. Not, not saying to him, but in this, in this group that they're in this group, you know, it's something to the, not just generational wealth, but it's something to having kept it in the family, you know, for so long. And, and guess what? In order to keep it in the family, you got to get somebody to manage it. And that was one of the things too, he talked about as well. Um, but he was just talking about how there's a resurgence. There's such a renaissance on a lot of stuff right now. And so me going back and talking like there's a renaissance to what it is that I do. And I'm like, I don't know that I want to participate because I wanted to just, I thought it was time for me to like just chill. And, but there's this thing where you don't shut it down. You don't, you don't shut this down. I can't tell you how many times I have gone out there just kind of deactivated dryer bus. And then somebody go, wait, where's this? And where's that? You, you don't get to, Ooh, the sun's coming through y'all. It feels so odd. Um, but you don't get to stop. You don't get to quit. You don't get to give up. You don't get to, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get to a point. I, I tell y'all all the time. I cried the day, uh, Oprah Winfrey tweeted. I was like, what? You mean that you mean you make a billion dollars and you still got to influence people? You still got to tell people like, like Coca-Cola is still, still over there trying to come up with a, another commercial. Cause y'all out here forgetting to drink Coca-Cola. Y'all drinking everything else and Coca-Cola. I go to the dang on session. I got a book over here right now. Uh, I went to the session with the Coca-Cola guy and he was like, the worst mistake they made is they didn't say Coca-Cola in the first three seconds of the commercial. And, and they wasted all this money and all these millions of dollars in that, in this ad campaign. And they have not had a good ad campaign in years. Like you don't even know somebody give me a Coke logo. Somebody give me a Coke slogan. Don't nobody even know the Coke slogan today. You don't know it. Stop playing. You don't even know it. And you don't even know that Coke, even though Coke, um, they make Coca-Cola, that had pretty much half the stuff that you consume is a Coke product. And even if they're not even allowed to put the Coke product on there, is a product in the product, in the product that get come from Coke. I'm just saying. And if you are going to drink a Coke product, you better go out and get one from outside the country. You don't want, you don't, I'm just, okay, I don't know if I can say that, but you might want to look at the ingredients. Just look at the ingredients. I'm just saying. Y'all like that trying to be all natural and healthy and all that kind of stuff. 
Just look at the ingredients. They even got an ingredients list on the water. I'm like, how you got ingredients on the water? It's water. What's in the water? What? Why would you have ingredients on the water? And how come they won't let you put this ship this water over here? Cause I need to know. I want the water. I want the water you shipping over there. Because apparently they got more constraints on what y'all doing to the products on the shelves here. That's the reason why everybody out there trying to get the product in the glass bottle because there's certain there's certain um ingredients that don't do well in a glass bottle. So and that that's not allowed in other countries. I'm just saying. But you don't even know a slogan, and. And my generation, the heavily marketed to generation, uh, I like to teach the world to sing and perfect harmony and and uh, and all these things. Uh, it's the real thing. It ain't the real thing no more. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like we, my generation, we were raised on brands and marketing and and advertising. That's one of the reasons why they say they realize they feel like they can't tell. Um, they can't control millennials because there's no, there's no channel. There's no one channel in by which to reach them or to, to program them or to influence them. And it changes, they change millennials. And I know cause I raised four of them. They, uh, the, in fact, I think one of them, she's trying to say she's not a millennial. So I guess I have to say I raised three of them. Um, but they, they flip. I mean, they're consistent. They're very consistent because you raise them that way, but you don't, what, what happens is those who try to research millennials, they don't know millennials are simply the opposite of the previous, their previous generation, simply because of what they witnessed us having to experience and to go through and how hard it was us for us to achieve certain dreams and things like that. So they just doing whatever, what it takes in order to get those things done. So if you know yourself, you know, you know, millennials, if you know any of the previous generations and they're pretty much just like another generation, like they, I would, I, I really liken them to, I want to say the boomers, but then not necessarily the boomers because they were actually raised also with the boomers. So I want to say probably the the Renaissance generation. We, I know anybody ever called it that, but I don't want to say the silent generation per se, um, because they're a little bit, they're a little bit slightly different from, different from that. I'm trying to go over here and check out this, check out you guys' um, comments and stuff. So why get out of bed why that was my thing today and maybe that's where we are on on how to get out of bed it's like why you know it's like i'm gonna tell let me tell y'all i'm it's monday i'm gonna start calling it mediocre monday because i i was had a conversation with my daughter and i was like man we we too legit we are freaking too legit and it makes you mad because we're too honest we keep trying to do it the right way. And people are out here getting over and just and just doing the doggone thing. And then there are those of us that are having hard times simply because we we believe in that curse, karma, um, what goes around comes around, you know, not blocking your blessings. We we don't believe in harming people and uh we don't want to see anybody we, we just don't. You know, and that's a that's a hard thing to be, especially if you want to live. You know, I, I like living truth. I cannot remember the lies. I can't lie because I can't remember it. I'm like, wait, I, if I say this, I got to hold on to it forever. You know, it's like not in this world. We live in public. Like, really? And 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 trying to get in my pet peeve is people who come to you with such a sense of urgency 
because they need something and they're unable to, to realize what's going on with people. You know, like right now I'm, I'm so saddened because I'm processing this. There was another, uh, I don't even know how to say it, cop killing this, uh, this week, uh, a gentleman. And I, I'm, I, I, I can't even look into the facts of it because it's so distra- so disheartening and, 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 and so forth. But a neighbor, uh, said his neighbor's home looked like something wasn't, something wasn't right. He called 911 to do a, get somebody to come and check it out, wellness check. And now he's just done for because he said, you know, they, they keep telling you, you know, if you see something, say something. And uh, he said something, and now this, this neighbor is, is dead because they sent uh, an inex, very inexperienced police officer to check. And I'm like, somebody made a very a really good point on, uh, wellness checks, perhaps. And I, and I understand, um, I understand. And, and this has been a question as to who should do a wellness check. Um, and one, there's a question. I don't know if you guys know about this and don't let me go too far with it. But, um, when Barack Obama was president, not, not even beer summit day, but there, there was this discussion. And as, as a matter of fact, they sent uh, top cops from, I mean, like all, like the chiefs of police and, and so forth. They sent them, I think to Amsterdam or uh, other countries to see how, how, how is, how is it that other countries are not experiencing, you know, this war between police and citizens, you know, and they went to uh, Amsterdam, I believe. And, and they realized that their police force, everybody didn't get a gun. They're not, you're not just handed a gun. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make it to that special team, um, to have the power to kill. You know, you, you gotta be, a um, what's that word y'all look toy cop for a while. You don't just, you don't just go for a couple of weeks and get trained to kill and then be put on, put on the streets, you know? You gotta you gotta learn all these other kind of ways to de-escalate things and to handle matters. And not only that, when you when police are called, they don't just send just one, and they certainly don't send one um, with the will to kill and one that has been trained outside of outside of the police force to hate black people, um, you know. So and to, and to kill at will. And other countries that just don't, they're just not dealing with this stuff. And so there's a documentary on YouTube called The Law, The Law of the Gun, The Law of the Gun. And apparently there's this thing, I think it's 20 feet, 21 feet or something like that, of which you need to be this distance so that you can properly assess what that situation is. And that's, and there's so many tactics that are used around the world that of course America does not use and hence America is what it is. Yeah, we're a great country. We're a great land. And a lot of people are doing very well, but then we're also that other extreme and, and to, to know that here again, we don't stop. The world doesn't stop when something, uh, another atrocity has happened and people still had to get up. Not everybody had to go to work because we, today is the day we pay homage to a man who, who, who lied, who, who served the greatest lie and has paid the greatest homage for lying. Um, and that's Columbus day, you know, and it's like, it's like, everything is like, 
is in this country is it's about who's lying best. It's like that pisses me the hell off. It's like that's what this is. It's like you don't even want me to tell you the truth. You want me to lie. And it's like even in our court system, it's about who lies best. It ain't even about the truth. Ain't nobody up in there trying to do no real investigate because there's facts. The facts are the truth. But we don't even want the facts. We got a president out there trying to, like, make people not want the facts. These people don't want the facts. They don't want the truth. And I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out when I hit this button, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm about to have mediocre Monday. I ain't dealing with the truth. At, I'm not dealing with the truth at all. I don't want to. I don't even want to. It's not even necessary. It's not necessary to be honest. It's not necessary to be truthful. Hell, the Falcons over there trying to figure out how to craft the story, you know, to make people use their tickets next week, not sell their tickets, buy some extra tickets. Come on. Like, how do we say this? And the damn Falcons themselves. Let me tell you, the biggest lie I've seen today came from Atlanta Falcons retweeted somebody who don't, who got paid to go and lie in his article saying that, what the hell did he say? This dude had the nerve, y'all. Like, we didn't just sit there and watch that damn game, right? I'm like, dude, you lying, S-O-B-U. Hold on, I'm opening up my Twitter. Y'all, I, y'all, when... <laughs> I'm going to read it. I'm, I'm, find the lie. That's, that's where we're at right now. Find the lie. Uh, okay, wait. Let me get through these tweets. Hold on. Let me scroll through these tweets here. Let me see. I, read, I was like, wait, what? Who the, what? Come on, Twitter. Twitter still don't know what, what to do with itself. Okay, so, and thank you for those of you hanging out on Twitter uh, listening as well. I said, somebody come look at this. Uh, there, and first of all, there is a, let me let y'all know, this, uh, there's a, 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 a New Orleans Saints account out there. They're running this, running, people are jumping on this hand, hashtag Save Dan Quinn. Uh, but there is this uh, trolling um, New Orleans Saints account out there. Let me see. Wait a minute. They had the audacity. Audacity to say, where did I see it at? Hold on. I'm going to find it. I got to find it. Daggone it. Oh, Lord. I, I got too many tweets out here. Uh, it, was, that was a, it was an answer tweet. It wasn't. Uh... Okay, we're not going to have it. But, God, Lee, I really want to read this tweet. Let me see. There's that one. There's that one. It's like every time I touch this tweet, like, what is it trying? What does that even do when I do that? Nope, I can't see it. But they said that there was something on both sides of the ball, and I tweeted it. Let me see. Hold on. Go back. I'm going to find it. I got to find it. I got to find it. I got to. I got to. I got to. Let's see. Y'all, I'm serious. Y'all Y'all need me to. Y'all need me to. Y'all need me to tell y'all what this damn thing said. Oh, shoot. Oh, wait. Tweets and replies. Okay, I got to go over here. I gotta go over here to this one. Come on, Twitter. Get with it. Get with it. I'm scrolling my Twitter, y'all. Nope. 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 Okay. While the rock. <laughs> here it is, right here. 
The Atlanta Falcons quoted Matthew Tabak's uh, take. While the ride Sunday was cut short, this team was clicking on both sides of the ball down the stretch, and they didn't quit. Lies. <laughs> both and and when you when you when you hit into the tweet, everybody everybody's immediate reply, including mine, was both sides of the ball. Wait. Giving up 34 points is clicking. You live in an alternate reality. On both sides of the ball, y'all dead ass. Uh, right. Like, what the? <laughs> Everybody, both sides. Both. What does that do when I do that? What is that going to do? Where is it going? I don't know. Okay. It's like the it minimizes the tweet. Okay. Both sides of the ball. Another person says, if that's clicking, then y'all got some deep issues. But Quinn needs to go. People still saying Quinn needs to go. Oh my God. On both sides of the ball. And then they they using the they using the, the gift <laughs> of folks laughing. Somebody said, uh, that Calvin Lyle said they must be trolling. No way they watch the same game we watch. Please tell me what clicking on the defensive side of the ball. Y'all, I'm about to go do a whole ass podcast reading these three. I promise you. Okay, against the freaking Arizona Cardinals, my God. Listen, somebody said, this literally is the same story every Sunday. Falcons make a push towards the end and come up short. Y'all don't whoop the dog up. Tweeting nothing would have been better than tweeting this. Both sides of the ball, what the f***? Clicking on both sides of the ball, that's how Lie, lie again, bro. <laughs> Wait. Lie again, bro. Both sides of the ball. If they were clicking, they would have. They wouldn't have lost. <laughs> see, so I believe that this will be the end. I always people stop saying that being last season. Let me see. Hold on. Laughing out loud, y'all really believe this, bro? Huh? Both sides of the ball, and <laughs> I, I appreciate the laugh. I appreciate the laugh. I'm getting ready to go, y'all. Let me tell y'all, I'm finna go in my kitchen, and I'm still, I'm finna do a whole ass stream as I charge my phone up, and I'm gonna stream. I'm gonna read these. I am. I'm about to read these in my kitchen, y'all. My red and black kitchen. I'm telling you, I'm gonna go get dressed. That's my reason to get out of bed. Cause let me tell you, and I'm not trying to be a hater. I just highly anticipate the era. But listen, I don't want you to, it's mediocre Monday, mediocre Monday, be mediocre, don't be great, don't be great, I'm just going to tell you, it's only going to break, trying to be great breaks your heart, it is heartbreaking, don't be great, not today, not on Monday, you ain't got to be great on Monday, save it for Tuesday, save it for Tuesday, okay, but you know, just try to avoid the lies and the lying people, um, and you might, you might have a good day. All right, do me a favor. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.